Welcome back, everyone. So we don't want to grow up podcast. It's Stacy and Pete. This week, we are heading back into the 2000s, the early 2000s. We haven't done a lot in the 2000s. No, we haven't. I'm excited. So I was wondering, since we haven't talked a lot about the 2000s, the movie that we're going to cover came out in 2004. Mm -hmm. So what TV shows were on around 2004 that you were really into? I feel like that was a really good year or general time for TV shows because I had The Sopranos, Mm. which I love, Arrested Development, which is hilarious, Lost, which I loved at the time and fell out of love with and never watched the last episode ever. (laughs) I've never seen the final episode. I still can't believe that. It's the only episode I haven't watched. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Just watch it. I need to just watch it. I'm going to tie you down and make you watch it. (laughs) Also, uh, Battlestar Galactica, which was an awesome show that I loved, and Desperate Housewives (laughs) was also on then, and I was really into that show. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that about you. In the beginning, anyways. So for me, Sex and the City, it ended that year, but still counts. I watched that one as well, but I didn't watch that one live. I got a big DVD set later on and watched it. Right. Gilmore Girls, of course. Uh, Yes. Entourage. That's when you watched After the Fact, right? Yes, I watched that much later. And then there were just so many shows that when I think about what my favorite shows are, they either ended right before then, like in 2003. Yeah. (laughs) Or they started in 2005. (laughs) So, I mean, not that I was lacking shows that I liked in 2004, but I just thought it was funny because I kept looking them up and it was like 2005, 2005. When did Supernatural start? 2005? 2005. That's what I figured would be on your list. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy, 2005. Really? Weeds, 2005. Oh, that was a good show. Yeah. At least I think that was what Weeds was. Yeah. And then like Dawson's Creek ended in 2003. I think Felicity ended a little before then because it was only on for four years, but. Which one is Felicity? That's the one with Carrie Russell. Ah, yeah. That's what I thought it was. Scott's. Scott Foley, Scott Speedman. That's one of the shows that we'll put on to go to sleep to sometimes. Yeah. Because it's so chill. It is a very quiet, muted show. Yeah. Like the colors are muted. When I think of it, I feel like it's probably mostly just season one, but it just looks kind of brown. It feels like fall. Yes, it does feel like fall. It's definitely one of the shows that I like to watch in fall. Yeah. So this movie we are covering because it's the favorite movie of someone that's very special to us. My very own goddaughter. That's right. Your goddaughter, our niece, Kira. Kira. Kira is visiting us from New York. Yes, we have visitors this week. We do. So if you hear any background noise, just know. That's them. (laughs) (laughs) They've been instructed to be quiet, but, you know, it's hard. Blame them. Blame them. There's two 16-year-old boys down there, so. And Pete's older sister. I feel like Heather's going to be the loud one, probably. (laughs) So we're going to do our usual routine when we cover movies, you know, the drill, and then bring Kira in when it's time to talk about our favorite moments. I can't wait to hear hers. I haven't seen them yet. I've only seen yours and mine. It's exciting. I feel like I took all the good ones, so I don't know what's left. (laughs) There were still so many because even though I knew both of y'all's and I still struggled to narrow it down. Did you? Yeah. That's good. 
And the movie is 13. Going on 30. Came out in 2004, like we said. So this was written by Josh Goldsmith and Kathy Yuspa and was directed by Gary Winnick. So it's a rom-com about a 13-year-old girl named Jenna Rink who dreams of being popular until she's humiliated by the popular girls, the six chicks. The six chicks, a very unique name for a mean group of girls. Yep. Now, in your high school, I guess, well, this would be middle school. Did you have any groups of girls like this that would like roam the halls, just owning it? Like people would part out of the way as they walked through and they're flipping their hair. And No. Yeah, me either. Not really. Yeah. It wasn't like that. I mean, you definitely had people that were considered more popular than others, sure. but it wasn't like that. Okay. So they humiliate her at her 13th birthday party. And now, instead of wanting to be a popular girl, she just wants to grow up. She wants to be 30. 30, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> and somehow, her wish comes true. Well, it's the magic sprinkles. I understand that, but we didn't really get a real explanation. We did. It's magic sprinkles. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen the science behind magic sprinkles and how it works? What do they call it? What's it called? Wishing dust? Good old wishing dust. <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to have some wishing dust back then. I'll take some now. <laughs> so with the wishing dust, her wish comes true. We follow her journey as she suddenly zapped into her 30-year-old body in her 30-year-old life with her 13-year-old mind yeah. trapped inside. and. <laughs> Like I said, it doesn't really make sense. Like, there's no real explanation of where this wishing dust came from, how it all worked. But yeah. it doesn't really matter because this movie has everything. It really does. It has the 80s nostalgia. It has the element of magic, a sweet love story. you got the fashionable villains and the six chicks. you got some female empowerment, some musical moments. It really was like a more wide-ranging movie mm -hmm. than I'd expected because I'd seen this back in the day. Yeah. But I don't think I've watched it since then. And it was a lot better than I'd expected it to be. Mm -hmm. Like it got really good, you yeah. know, halfway through and then like seeing Jennifer Garner be a 13-year-old trapped inside a 30-year-old's body was really cool. She did a really good job. She did it. do a really great job. Some of the things you could tell that she really thought about, how would a 13-year-old react to this? Like, I loved just the little details that I probably didn't catch so much when I used to watch it yeah. back in 2004 mm -hmm. when I was like, what, 25 or something? Just a baby. Just a youngin. So cast-wise, as I mentioned, we have Jennifer Garner as Jenna Rink and Krista B. Allen plays the young Jenna Rink. There's Mark Ruffalo as Matt Flamhalf. And then Sean Marquette played the young Matt, or Maddie. Maddie. Maddie Flamhalf. Judy Greer plays Lucy Tom Tom Wyman. I love Judy Greer. Yeah, me too. And Alexandra, Alexandra Kyle plays the young Lucy Tom Tom Wyman. Well, I'm taking this one. Andy Serkis plays Richard Neeland, who is Jenna's boss. Yes. And if you don't know who he is, he is Gollum. It's so funny. I wasn't thinking. I did think he looked familiar, but I wasn't sure if he just looked familiar from this movie yeah. or something else. And then as soon as you said Gollum, I was like, oh, yeah, I can see it in his eyes. Yeah. 
It's crazy to think about all of the motion capture work he's done since then. I mean, he's just incredible, just in moving. (laughs) So we have Kathy Baker and Phil Reeves, who play Beverly and Wayne Rink, Jenna's mom and dad. Lynn Collins plays Wendy, who is Matt's fiance in the future. Of course, not 13-year-old Matt's fiance. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Susan Egan was Tracy Hansen. Samuel Ball plays Alex Carlson, who is Jenna's boyfriend and a famous New York Ranger. Also known as the naked guy. The naked guy. We've got Marsha Debonis, I'm going to say. Very it fancy. Sounds fancy. It could be Debonis. Debonis. Um, played Arlene, who's Jenna's secretary. Kirsten Warren plays Trish Sackett, who is Jenna and Lucy's competition as the editor in chief of Sparkle Magazine. Then we have. Ashley Benson, who was on Pretty Little Liars, and Brie Larson, Captain Marvel herself, along with Brittany Curran, Megan Lusk, and Julie Roth as the six chicks. Brie Larson was in there? Brie Larson. Really? Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I need to look this up real quick because I did not recognize her. Oh, wow. I just looked it up. That is crazy. I did not recognize her. Yeah, I think she has like one line or something. Yeah. And then we have Renee Olstead as Becky who is a 13-year-old girl who Jenna befriends on the elevator in her building when yes. she's 30. Right. And they become really good friends. I love their friendship. It's time for fun facts. Ooh-hoo-hoo. All right. So Jennifer did film this while she was on break from filming Alias, which aired from 2001 to 2006. Did you watch any Alias? No, not really. I don't think I've ever seen any Alias either. I've seen like an episode here or there, and I really like Jennifer Garner and Michael Vartan and Victor Garber. It's a good cast, but I just never got into it. Same here. And I love this. And I think I knew this, but I forgot. But Krista B. Allen, who plays the younger version of Jenna, also played the younger version of Jennifer Garner's character in Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. Oh, for real? She's a little older. She's a teenager. She is like the perfect younger version of her. She is. And today I was looking up pictures of her now and she does still look a lot like does she? Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So supposedly Gwyneth Paltrow, Hilary Swank, and Renee Zellweger were all considered for the role of Jenna. Huh. But I think they nailed it. Yeah, I think so too. With Jennifer. And then we found out in 2016... It was announced that 13 Going on 30 was going to be adapted for Broadway, but unfortunately, it fell through and never happened. That would have been an interesting show. I wonder what they were going to do with it. I mean, we already know there would be two musical numbers that they could have done. Yeah. So I'm sure they would have just probably added in other songs from the soundtrack, probably added some original songs. I wonder how that works. Like, can you just do that? Like, how do you Um, get the rights for it? I mean, I'm sure you have to get the rights. Yeah. So the movie became one of the five biggest DVD rentals of the year with over 57 million in rentals alone, according to IMDb. And then there was a re-release in 2006 that was the fun and flirty edition. That is a ton of money in rentals. Yeah. So I thought this one was funny. Mark Ruffalo's first scene uh, that he filmed was when they did the thriller dance. So it's like, welcome to the set. Let's all go do the thriller dance. (laughs) And he was reportedly terrified of doing it. And I don't blame him. You related. I related. He said Jennifer Garner's enthusiasm was very infectious, so that had to have eased his nerves. And also, Andy Serkis had to rehearse the scene separately from the rest of the cast because he was in London at the time. It's so funny to think about, like, here you are having to memorize your lines, learn, like, when you're on set, the physicality of it all, Mm -hmm. which I never really think about that. 
You know, like you have to wait till you get on set pretty much to be directed as to where you stand, what you're supposed to physically be doing at the time or whatever. And then to have to learn the choreography to Thriller, you know, it's a lot. It is a lot. And I wonder if he had like his friends that were around him in London just do like stand-ins. Like, okay, (laughs) you're going to be Jenna (laughs) and you're going to be Matt. Now go. (laughs) I did read that Mark was considering quitting. Because Because of the dance? didn't want to do the dance. Really? Yeah. Listen, I identify with that. Yeah. Although, listen, if I had the money to be trained in something where it's like, okay, this movie's coming up, you're going to have to do the thriller dance. If I had somebody teach me how to do it, I'd I'd be fine. Mm. He does a good job, though, of, I mean, (laughs) it's obviously authentic that he feels awkward and uncomfortable. Right. He's like, I don't really want to be doing this, but okay, here we go. And he's even like counting it out. He is. You know, and I wonder how much the counting it out is him or if that was scripted. Yeah, because they shine the light on him. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I wonder if he's just like not acting. Like he knows he's in the scene, but it's like, I'm just going to let my natural reactions flow. Because he looked really uncomfortable. Like, no, no, I I don't want to do this. (laughs) (laughs) This made me want to go back and watch it again to see, but- Apparently, when 13-year-old Jenna goes into the closet for seven minutes of heaven, you can see actual photos of Jennifer Garner as a kid on the back of the door. That is funny because I was looking at those pictures and I was like, wow, that looks a lot like I actually thought it was going to be pictures of that actress, the young actress. Right. That's funny. So if the cast wasn't sure if things were funny enough, apparently they would ask Judy Greer. Oh, really? Because she was considered to be the funniest person on set. Just ask Judy. She knows. (laughs) So Jennifer Garner spent time with teenagers to help her remember how to act like one. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting fact because she did so well mm-hmm. at doing that. Jennifer also improvised a lot of Jenna's childlike observations. Like when her boyfriend, Alex, wants to play sex games with her, mm-hmm. she suggests Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So it's just like off the cuff. Yeah. This I actually noticed this time, but I hadn't noticed it before, or if I did, I forgot. But the Poise article that Jenna is reading when she's 13, the 30, flirty, and thriving, yeah. features the apartment that she later lives in. Oh, she's really? 30. Oh, yes. I did not notice that. I did. I noticed it this time. <laughs> and this part, I actually made you pause yeah. because I <laughs> immediately saw Jennifer Lopez on the cover of both Poise and Sparkle. She's like in the background behind Jennifer Garner. And at the time that they were filming this, Jennifer was still, Jennifer Lopez was still in a relationship with Ben Affleck. And then by the time this movie came out, Jennifer Garner was dating Ben Affleck. Now, was there any like cheating that had happened? I don't know. I just know that supposedly, yeah, J-Lo and Ben broke up in 2003. Jennifer Garner and Ben got together in 2004. Okay. I gotcha. But I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest with you. We need a issue of poise or sparkle from that time to tell us what happened. <laughs> but just also the irony of watching it now yeah. with J-Lo and Ben back together. and Yeah, like within the last are. month. Here she is <laughs> behind Jennifer in this movie. Oh, this was a good fact that you found. Jenna turns 30 years old, 13 minutes into the film. Is that funny? That is crazy. I love it. I love it when they do things like that. Me too. It's like Pink Floyd's The Wall. Like if you start it at the exact right second in The Wizard of Oz, it all lines up. Oh, right. Yep. On purpose or an accident. I don't know. I've done it though and it works. I want to do it. I've never done that. It's interesting. 
When adult Jenna is first seeing herself in the mirror, it was a deliberate homage to Big, the 1988 classic. Yeah. When Tom Hanks first sees himself as a grown up in the mirror, which I mean, I love Big and I love this moment when she sees herself. And it's so funny because this was actually going to be one of my favorite moments, but I decided to just talk about it here. Yeah. (laughs) But I love the way that she like notices her boobs and grabs her boobs. And then she's just walking around her house holding her boobs. (laughs) Right. But it's like, it's so innocent. It's so like a 13 year old who's never had boobs and is all of a sudden just like, whoa, (laughs) what are these? And she's just holding them just innocently walking around. I just think it's so cute. It's so good. So young Matt, Sean Marquette, the actor, wore a fat suit for the film. That's interesting. Yeah. Did they think that that would make him seem more nerdy? I guess so. You know, it was 2004, different time. I thought it was interesting, though. To me, he favors Jon Favreau, like a young Jon Favreau. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he would be a perfect young Jon Favreau. Yeah. Or would have been. Yes. (laughs) Guess he's grown now. So, Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, Judy Greer, Andy Serkis, Brie Larson. What do they all have in common? Marvel for 2000. Final answer? Final answer. Correct. <laughs> they have all been in Marvel-based films. I didn't actually think about that with Jennifer. I wasn't thinking about Daredevil. Well, that was like before the Marvel movies got good. Yeah. So she was, of course, Elektra in Daredevil mm-hmm. and the Elektra movie. That was before the MCU. And then Mark Ruffalo, of course, plays the Hulk. Judy Greer plays Maggie Lang in Ant-Man. I forgot about that. Yeah, me too. Andy Serkis is in The Avengers and Black Panther. And of course, Brie Larson is Captain Marvel. So that's crazy. This movie in 2004 had all these Marvel characters in it. Who knew? And I love this and I can't wait for it. Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo recently reunited in The Adam Project where they're going to play Ryan Reynolds' parents. Really? So it's like a time travel type movie. It's supposed to come out later this year. It would be great if their character names, or at least their first names, matched these. I know, Jenna and it's like and them in the future. <laughs> I love it. Somebody, I actually, when I was looking it up, one of the searches that popped up was, is the Adam Project the sequel to 13 Going on 30? <laughs> I wish they would do something like that. <laughs> it would be would so too. much fun. Okay. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. She's here. It's Kira. Welcome, Kira. We have a very, very special guest. I'm excited to be here. We are excited to have you. We've been talking about doing this movie together on the podcast for a long time. We've had to save it for her. We have. For about a year now. My all-time favorite movie. Has it been a year? Just about. That is crazy. I know. I'm glad we're getting to do it. So this is your number one? Mm Mm-hmm. All-time favorite. Favorite movie of all time. So what makes it your favorite? I just love... The comforting feeling that it gives me. Because it came out when I was four. Mm. So that might have been a little young to watch the movie. But, (laughs) you know, I did. And so it's just been one of those movies that I can watch a million times. And I never get sick of it. The relatability is what I love. Just watching her, you know, being young and then just wishing to be an adult. Because I know when I was younger, when I was like a preteen, all I wanted to be was a grown up. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate when you were younger. You're just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be a kid anymore. Mm -hmm. And then when she becomes an adult, you realize it's not all the sunshine and rainbows that it seems. 
but you learn along the way. It's a yes. real pain being a grown-up. It is. Then when you're a grown-up, sometimes you just want to go back to being mm-hmm. a kid, yeah. thus the name of this podcast. Right. <laughs> Do you know what my comfort movie was? What? Fight Club. <laughs> I've never seen it. So I can relate. In- well, I can relate too, but it was definitely more <laughs> of a cozy feeling movie, not one where people like beat each other up. <laughs> Listen, to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> back to the cozy feeling stuff. Yeah. All right, so it's time for favorite moments. Who's going to go first? I'm going to go first. Fine. So my number one favorite moment, the moment when Jenna is in the closet at her parents' house. As an adult. As an adult. And her parents come home and they find her there. And she just hugs them and she's very emotional. It got to me yesterday. I was a little tired, (laughs) but it got to me. It made me cry, actually. And I don't remember it doing that to me when I first saw it. Right. But there's just something about it this time, that feeling of like just wanting your parents and seeing that from a grown woman, you know, and she, yeah, I totally teared up. And I think it was like, I wonder if it was thought out from an acting standpoint where she's like, how would you feel if you were a 13 year old around your parents all the time and you loved them? And then you found out that for the last 17 years, you hadn't really spoken to them or however long it was. And then how would you react when you saw them? I feel like that was tied into it as well. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. A very good moment. Just playing off of that later on when it's storming and she's scared. I love when she goes and gets in bed. Yeah. And lays next to her mom. That was very cute. <laughs> I'm going to cry now. So sweet. All right. Number two, when Jenna is giving her presentation for the poise redesign, I really like her idea and her perspective about not relating to people that are in the current version of the magazine and how the people that are in there should feel relatable. And honestly, I was thinking that it's kind of where things have gone over the past couple of years as far as media goes. And I don't know that's exactly what she meant with her redesign, but that's how I took it. And I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting that they had that idea as far back as 2003, 2004. To have like the girl next door, your friend's big sister, that kind of thing. Yeah, but just like regular people. Yeah. Rather than. Just the beautiful models that you see all the time. Yeah. Also, she mentions that she wants to see what used to be good, and that ties into our show. Right. It's what was good when she was 13, yeah. which is still current to her. Very nostalgic for her. Yeah. So I, I thought Nostalgic that, for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was a, a real good scene. Mm-hmm. And then my third one, when Matt and Jenna are talking at the end of the movie, and she wants him to leave his fiance. I mean, basically at the altar. I mean, I don't know if that actually happens, but that would really suck. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that happening just at the very least from a financial standpoint, (laughs) how devastating that would be. And then, of course, you know, from an emotional standpoint. But well, uh, luckily, they changed the timeline. So nobody ever had to actually spend that money. Exactly. (laughs) But he lets her know that he has felt things for her, but you can't turn back time. And he's moved on and she's moved on. And he chose Wendy, you know, and that to me was not the normal angle that movies take with that. And I thought it was interesting. I actually thought she was going to convince him of it. So I liked that it subverted my expectations as far as what they normally do in a Mm rom-com like this. So I thought that was really interesting. And like her family's downstairs, all of that. Yeah. I mean, he made the right choice back then. Right. All right. My HMs, when her boss, Richard, gets out on the dance floor for the thriller dance. So this is Andy Serkis and just kills it. Like you can tell this guy just knows how to move. As soon as he hits the dance floor. I just love watching Andy Circus move. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody expected that from him. So. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you're just like, funny. would the boss be good at Thriller? Oh, no. He's just going to come out, go through the motions like Mark Ruffalo. No. He came <laughs> out and he owned it. I feel like that's the scene, too, that people think of when they think of this movie. That's always the scene that comes yeah. to my mind. Mm. That's what I told the you yesterday. Iconic, yeah. I always, that's the scene that pops in my head. Yeah. It's just the most iconic scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it, her whole outfit during the thing, just yeah. the whole it's so good. party scene is just yes. so funny. I just love how awkward it is in the beginning when Jenna first goes out there by herself, mm-hmm. but she just doesn't <laughs> care. That's where, like, being the 13-year-old kind of comes into play and it's just like, she yeah. she doesn't care, yeah. yeah she she doesn't care. Yeah, I'm going to do the thriller dance because mm-hmm. I'm so good at it. Right. She's like, I got this. Yeah. And then it becomes infectious. And it's not a scene that I remembered. So it was fun to watch that and experience it again. I think it's funny when the, the people that slowly join the dance floor come out like the people in the Michael Jackson thriller video where yeah. they're doing like the little like zombie walk and right. stuff. <laughs> and then even the DJ, he just jumps over the booth. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's in it. Everybody's in it. <laughs> they just can't resist. Right. When did Thriller come out? Is that 84? 83, I think. 83. So that was a 20-year-old song then. It's nearly 40 years old now. Mm-hmm. It's a good song. Yeah. Okay. A small thing. I love that Jenna's PJs matched so well with her jacket that she had lying around when she runs out of the house after she first turns 30. I was just like, wow, that's very well thought out. I would have had them not match. What a coincidence. Yeah, what a coincidence. And I noticed when she first goes into the closet while she's still 13 and Tom Tom takes off her little bandana and puts it on Jenna as the blindfold. blindfold. And then that's the same pattern as her sleeping mask when she wakes up when she's 30. Oh, yeah. So little details. Little details. Very thought out. This one is funny to me. At the end, when Jenna's going up the stairs, young Jenna, she's back, she's 13, and she rips the homework out of Tom Tom's hands and says... You know what? You can be the pot and kettle all by yourself from now on. Biatch. Come on, Matt. I just love any time you can fit a good biatch in a movie. (laughs) So that cracked me up yesterday. Or my last one, the pink house that's at the very end. It's like the very last scene. Jenna's dream house. Jenna's dream house. And that, of course, is based on the one that Matt built her. That reminds me of houses that I would sit there and draw as like my quote unquote dream home, Mm. which was like a two story with a wraparound porch and then a strange double grand staircase. I would consistently draw the same house. And that was the house that I wanted. Hmm. But I didn't know if you guys had anything like that, like a dream house or something that you would draw as a, you know, eight to 12 year old, something like that. Just like, oh, this is my dream. I feel like the houses I drew were just basic. Mm. Yeah. I always just drew the outside of a house in the background, just like a simple square. Yes. Mm. I never did. I never did the interiors or anything. I did used to say that I wanted like a Victorian house yeah. because I would go through like downtown areas with like the old house. Like, is it Holly like that? Charleston? Like Holly, where I grew up, has a lot of old houses, Yeah, you know, from late 1800s, early 1900s, but they are enormous. Right. So when I was a kid, I always thought I wanted that kind of house. Now I think I would just think they were all haunted. Or really <laughs> difficult to clean. Yeah. Because they're so big. They're huge. They're yeah. like 5,000 square feet. Who needs that much space? Like, calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> That's it for me. Okay. So, the scene where Jenna and Matt get the razzles. Razzles? Wow. I haven't had razzles in, in 15 years. Remember, 
They're both a candy and a gum. That's incredible. And they're eating them and, and they show each other their razzle red tongues. And I love how it's just a sweet little moment where she's like, You want to know a secret? You're the sweetest guy I've ever known. That's just a good such one. a little sweet moment. Yeah. And then I kind of piled a bunch together. I cheated. <laughs> but I love several things about young Maddie, Matt. I just noticed the way that he's always watching her, even when they're young, like when they go their separate ways into their houses and he like takes a picture of her as she's walking away. And then when he shows up for her birthday party and she's downstairs practicing the thriller dance and she doesn't know he's there mm-hmm. and he just takes a little moment to watch her. I just think it's so cute. So sweet. And then, of course, when he gives her the Jenna Dream house, it's just so thoughtful and detailed. The Rick Springfield <laughs> doll on the couch. I guess Rick Springfield was a bigger deal than I remember. He was a huge deal. I, I just don't. I never noticed Rick Springfield that much. I mean, I like some of his songs, but was he like the pop idol for a time or rock idol? Well, I don't really know like who his competitors were at the time, but like my sister was obsessed with yeah. him. Yeah. She had his posters all over. So when I saw this movie, I was like, oh. That's what I thought of as well. Me. Yeah. I guess Heather probably just wasn't into him. Yeah. We'll have to ask her. Well, he's a little older. And doesn't he put, he puts like a little figure of himself and he, what does he say? Yeah, he's like, that's me telling that bum to keep his hands to himself. Yes. Yeah. He, he's like over on the stairs or something, yeah. like pointing at Rick Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the moment at her party where he's just dancing like nobody's watching to burning down the house. And then it cuts to the six chicks and all the cool kids just staring at him. Judging him. And he has zero cares in the world that they're watching him. And I just love that because I just wish I could be that person. Me too. I've never been that person. I cannot dance freely like that ever. I grew into that type of person. Yeah? Yeah. When I was younger, I was always worried what everyone would think. But now I just don't care. Yeah. I sing all the time. I sing at work. I sing in the grocery store. I sing in the shower. I sing in the bathroom. Flash mobs? I like it. Flash oh, mobs. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I would be a part of a flash mob, but I haven't had the opportunity come up. But if I did, just know I would take it. <laughs> she would run, run the show. I yeah. want to see Kira just randomly <laughs> dancing in the streets and then like 30 people join and start doing the same dance all together. <laughs> I definitely always wanted to be a part of a flash mob when that was yeah. the thing. Can we bring him back? Yeah, I don't know. I'll bring it back. Bring yeah. it. Yeah. Kira, Kira herself, just I... alone, will bring it back. <laughs> Drag it back. <laughs> Do it, Kira. Oh, also, I just think that Matt is just the ideal man, the mm. ideal boyfriend, especially for someone like Jenna's age when they were 13. Mm-hmm. But she's just too young to realize it. Yeah. That he just cared so much for her and all the little details. Like when he would always say Arima Durchi and then she'd say Au revoir and the razzles and the pictures and the dream house. He just deserved better when they were younger. He did. Which, I mean, you know, in the end, when it flashes back to them being 13 again and she Mm -hmm. realizes how wrong she was. But, you know, I just love him. I just think he's the best. It does make me sad when we learn that she actually ended up being a six chick and an a-hole. Yeah. Because, She's a bad person. <laughs> because she seemed so sweet yeah. early on. And obviously, deep down, she is because that's the person we saw her being as right. a, you know, a 13-year-old inside a 30-year-old's body. But Did the wishing dust do it to her? Who mm. knows? We the were wish- talking about the wishing dust earlier and how magical it is. And how... Mysterious it is. Very mysterious. Yeah. Like It's something they never really touched on other than, yeah, this is wishing dust and it's magic. Proceed. 
Yeah, it's just, I don't mind it because I love anything with a little magic, but there's really no explanation at all. Like a lot of times in movies like this, they'd have like a fairy godmother show up and explain. Or this like old lady that walks by. Some person that is going to like help you out a little bit and be like, look, this is what's happening. This is what you have to do in order to go back or whatever. Yeah. She's just on her own. Yep. It seems like something he would get from like an old man on the corner. Yes. Yeah. I wish that's what we would have seen is like a weird magic shop or like a witchy kind of place where he goes in and buys <laughs> buys it and doesn't realize. That yeah. It's and actually... he's like, oh, well, you know, I just love this girl so much and she doesn't know it. Yada, yada, yada. And the guy like winks at him and just like, oh, well, here's some wishing dust, son. Yeah. Right. That's like the one part of the movie that's just missing. Yeah. Plot yeah. hole. Plot hole. But like I said, it has everything else. So who cares? Right. Maybe it doesn't need it. I I mean, I don't think so. It was still a success. Yeah. Okay. Number three for me, when she meets Becky in the elevator, I love how she asks her how old she is. And she says 13. And then she's like, me too. And then she's like, used to be. (laughs) And then when Jenna's like, I like your shoes. And she's like, thanks. I like your dress. And she's like, it's because I've got these incredible boobs to fill it out. (laughs) (laughs) I just love their friendship. And how that grows. And obviously, you know, it's because she's actually 13, Um, which leads me to the slumber party, which is another great scene. I love it because it's like after she has shared this moment with Matt where they've kissed and all the girls are just intently listening to her story. And then one of them, I think, says something like, that'll never happen for me because she's a brace face or something like that. Yeah, a metal mouth. Metal mouth. Yeah. Yes. So I just love, because then she's like, no, you know, like we are, what does she say? We are. We are strong. Strong. Heartache to heartache we stand. And then they all go into love is a battlefield. Yes. And that's just so nostalgic for me because while it's the typical movie slumber party, but I had slumber parties like that where everybody's dancing and singing into hairbrushes and jumping on the beds. And so it's just a really fun scene. Now the director did not want that scene the studio made them put it in the movie and on the dvd commentary he said this is now my favorite scene so he's glad they forced him to do it then yes he is okay hms i love the moment where jenna's in a meeting at work and she's just wrapping a fruit roll up around her finger before she eats it i used to do that when i was a kid so it's just a very childlike thing i think it's kind of one of those things that if you blink you miss it you know what i mean yeah, it really grosses me out. <laughs> it would gross you out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate fruit roll-ups. There were people in my school that would do that, and it would really gross me out. Yeah. And it did in the movie as well. And Kira mentioned it earlier off mic, and it grossed me out then too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mentioned how I always noticed that scene when I would watch this movie, but I was never a big fruit roll-up eater until last week or two weeks ago, I was watching this with my friend, and I was like, I'm going to get fruit roll-ups just to eat them that way. And then I did it and I was like, why would I do this? Because now I'm sticky and being sticky is my least favorite thing. But I just wanted to be Jenna Rink for like two minutes. I know. So it was worth it. I mean, I don't think I would do it now, but I definitely did it as a kid. So just don't do it around me if you do. (laughs) Now that's all I want to do. Plus, we were talking about all the Lisa Frank folders on her desk and the giant pencils and stuff. Also, another thing, I'm not sure if I noticed it back in the day, but I love it. I didn't notice a giant it, pencil. It's a very, yeah, she's writing. It's when she's uh, doing the photos, right? Her like marking no, She's the like sitting at her desk. 
Yeah. I don't remember. She's marking the photos. Wasn't she like taking down notes or something? Yeah. I think she was coloring on photos. It was right before the coworker's husband came in. She's wearing that green outfit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I notice that every time too. The Lisa Frank and the giant pencil. Because I remember I had a giant pencil that I would never actually use, but it was just fun to have. Yes. Like an at-home type of use thing. But she brought it into the office. I had one too that my parents brought back from New York City. And it was a New York City two-foot-long pencil. And eventually I convinced them to let me bring it into school and I used it, but it was really, really impractical. <laughs> but I was very excited to bring it in with was me it finally. Was it also thick? Yes, it was probably an inch thick. <laughs> that would be awkward to write with. It was, but I was super proud of it and very excited to use it. <laughs> That's cute. And I think you had to sharpen it with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> also dangerous. Yes. Well, and I just love the Lisa Frank stuff because I definitely had a lot of Lisa Frank stuff when I was in elementary and middle school. And then when she and Lucy run into Trish, who's the editor in chief of Sparkle, she's basically meeting her for the first time in her, you know, 13 year old form. And she's just like, you know what? You are rude and mean and sloppy and frizzy. I don't like you at all. And then Trish starts to say something and then she's just like looking at her pina colada or whatever. And she's like, this is delicious. (laughs) She has zero cares what this girl's saying. She's just a little tipsy. I guess these are her first experiences (laughs) being drunk. So it's pretty comical. We've all been there. (laughs) Not you, Kira. Not yet. No. I am of legal age now. She's legal. All All right. right. We've saved the best for last. You ready, Kira? I'm ready. Hit us. All right. So my first moment is when Jenna and Lucy are at the bar and Lucy's saying, oh, there's a guy behind you. He keeps looking at you. (laughs) And Jenna's like, should I go over there? And she goes over and she ends up going to the teenage boy sitting at a table (laughs) with what I would assume is his mom. Yeah. And so, she's totally hitting on him. Although I think it's funny that the mom doesn't say anything. Right. Or there's this 30-year-old woman approaching her son. <laughs> like, they don't show an adult, but, you know, there's like a plate across from him. Yeah. So you would just assume. Right. Mom's got to be in the bathroom. Otherwise, yeah, she would have lit that's her up. The case. Yeah, she would have shut that down. Yeah. It's but, amazing how doofy the dude was that was behind her, though. The adult? Yeah. Yeah. The guy that Lucy was like, oh, he's cute. I was like, that guy? Yeah. I mean, I always watched this when I was a kid. So obviously I would think that the child was cuter than the adult. But even now I'm like, ew. (laughs) Yeah. Even now I see why she would have gone for the 13 year old or whatever. And I love how when she's like, no, I meant the guy. And she's like, ew, gross. (laughs) And she even puts a a pickup line on him or she tries. She's like, hey, can I borrow your ketchup? And he's like, yeah. And then she asks if he can drive. But he looks like he's 12. He does. He He looks super young. He's not driving. (laughs) Mm -mm. My second moment is the ice ice baby scene with Jenna's boyfriend, the hockey player. Yeah. And I just love how appalled she was by him. (laughs) It always made me laugh throughout the whole movie. Anytime we see him, she just was not a fan of this guy. The naked guy. The naked guy. (laughs) And she always says, put your thingy away. That always cracked me up. She was just so appalled. And he is, he's a doofy guy, but I think he played that role really well. He did. Yeah, he did. Of like the outgoing, doofy, raunchy, weird boyfriend. Yeah. And who's used to getting a lot of attention because he's a famous hockey player. Right. Yeah. when he was out on the street with them and talking to Matt, just like, oh, you want me to sign something for you? Right. (laughs) And I think that also just really like 
stuck it to Matt because he's someone that he knows that is dating Jenna now. My third moment was when Jenna hired Matt for the rebranding photo shoot. I just love the whole time when they're taking pictures and going around the city. It just is a nostalgic feeling because they're going back to when they were in high school Mm -hmm. and the prom queen and the football team and all of that. And I love the scene when they're on some staircase outside and the balloons drop and you just, I feel like during that scene, we really see Matt and Jenna grow closer together again because Mm -hmm. he's always touching her back and he's giving her hugs he took a flower out of the bouquet and gave it to her and we just see them grow their connection again so i just love that scene and it just feels so comforting it's like a connection montage yeah that whole moment i love it it feels so nice it's like a warm feeling watching Mm. they go back to high school with the last time they were actually friends and then that's when their friendship rekindles again so i love that moment is that the one that ends with the fan and yeah. the leaves? Okay. When she's oh, laughing. Yeah. Yes, and that is so, you know there she was like, how would a 13-year-old react to this? Yeah. So yeah. cute. Yeah, she did it well. She did. Any other HMs you can think of? My one HM would, it's a general one, but just the soundtrack for the movie I think is so good. Yes. They did a really good job of playing a lot of songs that just everybody knows, like Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and Jesse's Girl. Yeah. And just all the songs. And then there's a bunch of songs that I don't know, aside from the movie, that I catch myself singing all the time. Like, <laughs> it's a pretty good day. Yeah, when she's just shopping and stuff. Like, I don't even know what that song is called, but I sing it all the time. (laughs) Vienna by Billy Joel. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? Slow down, you're doing fine. You can't be everything you want. That has become one of my favorite songs of all time. It's just my comfort song. I even have a poster that has like some lyrics of it in my room. But of course, stem from this movie. Yeah. Just when she's going back home. I know we mentioned it earlier, but that's just such a good scene. And I feel like that is the perfect song to play over it because he's just talking about how it's okay to not grow up too fast and it's okay to not always know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. which is perfect for this movie because she's just growing and learning throughout the movie. So I feel like that song, that song just made the whole soundtrack. That was like the the cherry on top. Yeah. I I love it. it. A soundtrack can really make or break a movie. Oh, yeah. I love this soundtrack. It's definitely one of my favorite movie soundtracks. And it's a great mix of 80s songs and songs from the early 2000s, -hmm. you know, which obviously it should be. But they did a good job. Well done. So we thought that this would be fun since it's 13 going on 30 talking about some things that we loved when we were 13. So that was obviously different years for all of us. Yeah. So, Kira, what year were you 13? This is going to make a lot of us feel old, but that's okay. I was 13 in 2013. Yeah, I was born in 2000, so I age with the year. (laughs) That's right. That's convenient. Yeah, it is. Hmm. That is actually the year that you and I met. Yeah, it is. Because that's when Pete and I got together. Your age math is super quick. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not difficult like mine. Just in case you guys ever forget, Mm -hmm. you need to text me on my birthday. Just (laughs) go to your calendar. (laughs) So 2013, Kira, what was your favorite song? My favorite song in 2013. Now, I I couldn't pick just one. I have a few. That's okay. Um, I liked Miley Cyrus a lot at the time. I was big into Hannah Montana. Uh Um, But this was when she was rebranding herself as Miley Cyrus. So Wrecking Ball was a great song. I came in like a wrecking ball. I never hit so hard in love. All I wanted was 
that song. It's a good one. It is. I'm actually a pretty big Miley fan. He is. Well, he'll hear songs and he'll be like, I really like that song. Who is that? And I'm like, it's Miley Cyrus. Like, of course, it's Miley Cyrus. I was like, mm, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> she has good songs as Hannah and Miley. Yeah, I was a big Hannah Montana fan. So when she was like rebranding herself as Miley Cyrus, I loved her new songs. My other song was We Can't Stop, which was also by Miley Cyrus. That was the more controversial one, especially with the music video, because everyone, you know, her fans from Hannah Montana days like me, we were like appalled because we're like, what is this? The music video was like so raunchy. Yeah. Now looking back, it's not really that raunchy, but you know, when I was 13, That's I was like- That's a shock like, to the oh. system then, yeah. Yeah, but that song was so good. That doesn't get old, that song. No. no. I have one more song, which is The Way by Ariana Grande. She's my favorite of all time, so I had yes. to include that. I couldn't let that slip away. We have to, speaking of Ariana, mention the song that Ariana did that had a little little homage to 13 Going on 30, right? Yes. Thank You Next was the song. And she did a music video and she was saying on her Instagram that she was going to include four early 2000s chick flicks slash rom-coms. And so I think it went over the span of about a week where she would announce a new movie every couple days. There was four movies and she did Mean Girls, Bring It On, Legally Blonde. And then the last one she announced was 13 Going on 30, where she would play the role of the main character in each of those movies in her music video. Uh So I got to see my favorite singer acting as Jenna Rink in the music video, and I did cry. I was going to say, I bet your head exploded. (laughs) When I saw on her Instagram that she was going to be Jenna Rink in the music video, I freaked out and I could not wait. And the scene that she did in the music video was when Jenna gets the dream house back from Matt on the day of his wedding, and she's sitting on the porch just crying and looking at it in the wishing dust swirls. Yes. That was... I just got chills, actually, when you just said that. (laughs) I love that. Oh, and a nice little tie-in. Okay, now a TV show that you watched in 2013 that was your favorite. My favorite TV show in 2013 was called The Carrie Diaries. (gasps) I love The Carrie Diaries. Yeah, I loved that show. Unfortunately, it only ran for two seasons, I I guess. It wasn't loved by the public, but I loved it. Now, have you watched Sex in the City? No. (gasps) And that's the thing. I didn't know. Like, I knew what Sex in the City was because my mom watched it. I never watched it with her, but I just knew what it was. Yeah. And I don't know what made me watch The Carrie Diaries. It must have just been scrolling on Netflix. And I was like, oh, this looks cute. But yeah, it's basically just a prequel to Sex in the City. Yeah. And it's set in the 80s mm-hmm. about young Carrie Bradshaw. And she's like navigating through her first love in high school. And then she eventually moves to the city and stuff. So does she meet big in it? No. No? No. She has a boyfriend <laughs> named Sebastian. Yeah. And that guy's super cute. He dated that actor dated Vanessa Hutchins. Right. I don't know why I know that, but I do. But I love that show, too. I thought it was super cute. And now you have an assignment. <laughs> Now that you're 21, <laughs> yeah, to watch Sex in the City. And they're doing a reboot soon, so. They are. Yeah. They're working on it right now. Yeah. It's called And Just Like That. Yeah. I'm excited. Favorite movie? All right. I'm not a big movie watcher, but I remember seeing this movie in the theater and I loved it. 
and went with my dad and my brother. It was called Now You See Me. Okay. I don't know if you... I don't know. Oh, yeah. You might have to describe it a little bit. Is that Leonardo? No. It has Dave Franco, Jesse Eisenberg, Mark Ruffalo, oh, Woody Harrelson. Oh, that, was that the, the magic movie? Yes. Wasn't it? Yes, I did yeah. see that. I don't know if I've seen that one. No? It's a good movie. It was about these illusionists who would, they would be putting on a show, and then while they're putting on a show, they would go rob a bank, yeah. and then at the end of their performance, they would give the money to the audience. Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, and then Morgan Freeman was in it too. Oh. I think he might have been a detective or... Yeah, I can't remember. But they, I, I remember him being in it. I can't remember what role he played. Yeah, there was detectives who were trying to catch the illusionists like throughout the movie. Okay. It's a good I one. do. I feel like I remember the trailer of that, but I don't think I ever saw it, which I don't know why, because I love that cast. Yeah. I just love that Dave Franco was in it. <laughs> yeah. You like Dave Franco? I like I him did too. when I was younger, you know. Yeah. He's a good looking guy. Yes. Okay. So for me, the year I turned 13 was 1992. My favorite song, I did just pick one, but I wanted to pick a bunch, <laughs> but I chose My Lovin', You're Never Gonna Get It by In Better. And pretty much any song off of that album. That was definitely a alone in my bedroom singing into a hairbrush. Oh, you'd rock that one? Whole album. Yeah. Yeah. That and like giving him something he can feel <laughs> when I was 13 singing that song. But I love In Vogue. I think all I knew about In Vogue was the Dawn. videos. Yeah. And Dawn. Yeah. She was my favorite. He had a crush on Dawn. TV shows at that time, definitely Beverly Hills 90210 and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Both Ooh, shows two good ones. That I was watching a lot. And they both started in 1990, but aired for a long time. So Do we have Patreons of those? We have a Patreon episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 pilot, and then we have a regular episode of Fresh Prince. If you haven't listened, check it out. Check it out. And then favorite movie, I chose Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the one with Luke Perry. The movie, not the show. I have a confession to make. You've never seen it? I have never seen that movie. <gasps> what? Nor any of the television show. I actually haven't watched the television show. And I think the only reason, because I love vampires and mm -hmm. I loved the movie. So I'm, I don't know if it was that I was being resistant to it because I love the movie so much. But also, I used to really dislike Sarah Michelle Gellar. Did you? Well, I Who did first, she date? No, it wasn't that. Oh. I first was introduced to her when she played Kendall Hart on All My Children. She was a real biatch. She was a biatch? Yeah. All right. So I didn't want anything to do with her. <laughs> so I never watched it. Like, I hate you. But I love the movie. It has so many good quotes. And I think that maybe Christy Swanson is a bit of someone that I wouldn't enjoy these days. Yeah. Oh. But. <laughs> yeah. My sister took me to see that movie in the theater because we both loved Luke Perry equally. Uh, okay. And my sister was terrified of vampires. So, you know, I was 13 and she was. 21. 21. And she was terrified. So it was pretty funny. She also took me to see Interview with a Vampire, too. She would go. She would force, <laughs> like, torture herself for hot guys, basically, because that was for Brad Pitt. You know, you do what you got to do. It's genetic. <laughs> it is, except I'm not afraid of vampires. That's true. All right. Your turn. All right. Now, for me, this is a bit of a challenge because I have such a late birthday. 
So I actually turned 13 in 1989, except the year is over by the time I turn 13. So mine is at the end of the year. too. I'm sorry. I did not go with 1989. I went with 1990 because I was 13 for the majority of that year. And that is how it's going to work. That's fine as long as you don't pick one from each year because that's no, no, no. not fair. I just did. I just did 1990. <laughs> okay. So, song-wise, I did The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. you're doing because i'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to i look funny but yo i'm making money see so yo world i hope you're ready for me now gather around i just love that video i love the song i can still listen to it now i just love it i love it too rest in peace shakti yes and tupac who was a dancer that's right yeah. i always forget about that he's a hype man for digital underground I remember listening to that song in Step Up, which were the movies with Channing Tatum. Yes, and I love those movies. movies. And I remember that song played over a really funny scene. I just love <laughs> that. It's such a great intro to that song. It has good energy. <laughs> yes, it does. Very good energy. All right. TV show. And this is one that we do have a Patreon episode for, but it is The Wonder Years. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, No better intro for a TV show. I would agree. For me. Yeah. And a great television show overall about being that age. Perfect. I always forget, like, I don't associate it with 1990 because it's set yeah. in the 60s. 60s, yeah. But yeah. And then finally, movie-wise, Total Recall. This has Arnold in it, mm-hmm. and he's on the Red Planet. He's on Mars. There's a whole colony there. It's a big sci-fi movie done by uh, Paul Verhoeven, who did RoboCop, which will be covering at some mm, point here, I'm right? Excited. Isn't mm. that right? We'll be covering RoboCop. But it's a great movie. Me and my buddy Josh would watch it a lot. We really enjoyed it. It's very violent and probably just kind of an okay movie, but we liked it at 13. All right. And that's all I got. I guess that's it. We've done it. Well, Yay. thank you, Kira. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on here. I've been waiting for this. Well, for we a have while. too. Yeah. I'm so glad we finally did it. Me too. Also, you're a pro. Yeah, good job. <laughs> we should zoom you in for some more. I'm down. <laughs> so if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. You can join our Facebook group, which has changed names. It is now called The Cozy Club Dash Fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. We're slowly growing over there. We have some great mods, Joanna and Stephanie, that are helping us out, starting conversations. So come over there. It's a good time. It is. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can email us at we don't want to grow up at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast and all of our other endeavors, you can become a member of our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. There you can gain access to bonus episodes and soon to be extra content. Another way you can support us is by giving us a five-star rating if you listen on Apple Podcasts and leaving us a nice review. You may listen on other platforms and maybe there's another way that you could rate us or review us there. So if there is, please do so. Those numbers do matter. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. Also, you could help spread the word by sharing about it with your friends and family and on your social media platforms with your followers. All right, take care. See y'all later. Bye. Bye.